Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Supercoach Edge. Wowee. We're getting awfully close to the season kicking off and it's so close you can almost taste the rock hard fossilized 4 and 20 <laughs> pie at the MCG. Ah, yes. Mm, mm. Tasty. Liam, how are you? <laughs> yeah, good. I'm, I'm, I'm dreaming. Dreaming a rock hard <laughs> fossilized 4 and 20 pies. <laughs> just just the, the general atmosphere of footy. I wish I could have yeah. got down to, to one of the games. But uh, I don't know. Seaford. On a on a oh, Friday Friday four ten is a little tough to get to uh, when when you when you're working. Yep, no, exactly right. Yeah, um, as much as we'd love to, uh, but but having said that though, it was it was good to actually tune in to some properly filmed mm. broadcast. Oh my god, games. how much of a difference does it make? Oh, no longer no more vertigo. We're no longer like laying flat on our back, staring at the ceiling, waiting for the world to stop spinning. <laughs> it's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Oh, yes. But um, this episode, Liam, it's the mm. first of three mini eps. We will be discussing the practice matches with this one covering the Thursday matches, the second, the Friday matches, and the third, the Saturday. So hopefully that uh, makes it a bit more easier to consume <laughs> uh, our really intense uh, analysis in bite-sized chunks as opposed to one beefy episode. And it allows us, Liam, to uh, just go awfully crazy and deep, deep, deep dive into each mm. game. So strap yourselves in. So three, three mini apps. So you can consume this one. You can consume the next one. I think we might be releasing these every day uh, just to space them out. So it's uh, yeah. just so easy you, on the eyes and the ears. Yeah. It makes it easy for you to, to consume. I still feel like they're not going to... I don't know whether... Bite size, just the right word for what's coming. <laughs> <laughs> they're not 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 morsels, are they? They're yeah, kind they're of like quite, they're still hefty, still hefty. Yeah. Like I feel like it's not like it's not like a roast, but it's like yep. a, a steak. 
like a steak steak. smaller than a roast. Yeah. Or what? What about like a um? Or just just sort of continuing the uh, the analogies with uh, footy food. Um, I remember like a a box of chips or something. So it's not just Mm, one single chip. It's it's, uh, multiple chips, but still they're they're big chips. So long chips. The be- <laughs> yes, very true. And the benefit is it's not going to cost you $10 for a, for a bucket <laughs> of chips. I know. Even though they've said they come out today and, and they've said that uh, they're frozen food, food prices again. Yeah. Mm. But it's still going to cost you an arm and a leg. Exactly. So, yeah. I'm down to my last leg. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. But uh, anyway, uh, before we jump in, let's just quickly run through the socials and where you can find us uh, on YouTube. Don't forget to like, follow and subscribe uh, to our channel and like the video. Obviously uh, you'll find us at Supercoach Edge there on Twitter at Supercoach underscore Edge. Damon at DamoJ88. Myself at, at Liam Evans underscore 95. Facebook, Instagram and TikTok. Search Supercoach Edge and uh, you'll find us there. And also a reminder about our Supercoach Edge group, which uh, we we mention every episode, but just a nice reminder for those of you who have not joined yet, it's free to do so. And we have a Supercoach Championship ring up for grabs mm. for the leader come the end of the season. So the code to join that is 249149. And also a reminder that we've opened up our Patreon for 2023, which gives you access to a cash mm. league in the top tier, along with extra available uh, perks in the lower tier. Uh, just as much as in the top tier, of course, which include entry into our special Supercoach Edge Discord group setup for Patreon-only members, where there'll be a deliciously special prize at the end of the Supercoach Rainbow to the highest ranked. You'll also get access to an exclusive private room on our Supercoach Edge Discord, where you can send us questions during the season about anything you're keen to pick our brains about. So trade questions, strategy, rate your teams, and more. And you'll get early access to our podcast and um, maybe data as well. I know we've been collating uh, sort of offline, Liam, haven't we? Mm. A little bit of data in a spreadsheet. So we might make that available as well just to help you along your way. Uh, And um, you'll also earn a shout out on the episode following your sign up to let everyone know just how much of a legend you are in supporting our venture. So access Mm. to the lower tier is $5.50 per month. Uh, which is, as we said last season, it's uh, the cost of a, a coffee, probably uh, half a coffee nowadays because it's just <laughs> inflation. It's, it's going up and up and up. Uh, and $15 per month for the highest tier, which does feature that exclusive Supercoach Edge cash league. Mm-hmm. But as you mentioned, uh, good value for money is at five fifty per month because you do get access to virtually... Uh, you know, an exclusive league, but uh, it's yeah. more an exclusive group. So uh, open to, you know, anyone and everyone that joins up that lower tier. So for more info, head to www.patreon.com forward slash edge. Yes, lovely. And uh, we also have another reason to celebrate. We surpassed the 500 subs on YouTube. <gasps> yeah, you. no. There we go. So it's time to activate our second giveaway. <laughs> and it's... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it's quite apt as we'll be giving away five free season-long entries into our Patreon uh, $5.50 tier. So tune in for next week's episode to find out who it is, which means uh, there's still some time to make yourself eligible to win. All you have to do is subscribe to our YouTube channel and comment down below, weighing in on the contentious topic of whether Warple is a trap or a treasure to make it easier for us to pull your name from the hat 
We yes. are so overloaded with Supercoach data and numbers. We can almost see it scrolling in front of us, just like the code in Matrix. So <laughs> let's kick it off. And uh, we might see uh, maybe some therapists about that. Uh, so let's kick it off with the first match sim in the Hawks and the Pies. We'll do it live. Fuck it. I can, I'll rate it and we'll do it live. Let's jump straight into the to this game down in, down in Tassie. I don't know exactly where, but at Aurora Stadium. I'm not sure where that's. Hobart or Launceston. So sorry to any Tasmanian listeners there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but let's kick off with James Warple, 308.3K mid, 101 score. And uh, it's a bit of a risky pick here. Uh, the score mm-hmm. of 101 does show what he is capable of, uh, especially when he gets those 58% CBAs. Uh, he's vying for the engine room alongside Newcomb, Ward, Day, and exciting rookie Cam McKenzie, who we'll touch on mm-hmm. soon. Uh, but... Uh, the question, I guess, is will a down game see him in the doghouse? Which I think with some of comments that we've seen from, I think, Mitchell recently about just sort of the the, the depth, for want of a better word, that they've got through the midfield with with some rookies and some some other players. Um, a down game from one of their top, well, what, what they would classify as their sort of top performers might not go down too well. Uh, he's obviously renowned for his... Poor disposal, putting it lightly, uh, as his major weakness, averaging just 65 across his career, which puts a cap on his supercoach output and does mean his uh, points are reliant on him sort of amassing bulk possessions um, as opposed to sort of being able to rely on lower possession games, but obviously being able to hit targets. Um, At his price, 308K, pretty awkward. Um, But I think there's still upside there, but definitely not one for the faint of heart. Yeah, I totally agree there. And and just to drive that home as well, like we've mentioned it numerous times about his mm. poor disposal efficiency. Um, to his credit, he's actually improved, um, even though it is quite low for AFL standings. But just to, just to sort of drive that home, in his draft year, uh, his disposal efficiency was 43.6%, which was actually the second lowest of non-key position players of all national combine invitees. Uh, so mm, even though he's improved, you'll probably say that he's not going to improve much mm. upon that 65% that uh, he's averaging at the moment. So yeah, a big worry there. And I think for me, uh, I think for AFL fantasy, um, I might select him in my team because yeah, it's not contingent upon him actually hitting targets. It's just bulk possessions. Um, but even so, I think uh, when it comes to super coach as well, where you've got to weigh up that uh, disposal efficiency, yeah. uh, like you mentioned, he's a, uh, his spot on the side is not assured. And we mentioned uh, off air as well that he's now seen as one of the more established players. He's only 25 or thereabouts, but he should be expected to pull the load. And if he's not doing so, I think, yeah, Sam Mitchell, he's he's a ruthless, uh, he was a ruthless player and I imagine he's a ruthless ruthless coach as well. So I reckon he will not spare him the same, um, you know, dishing out that was handed to Amira and uh, Tom Mitchell by getting rid of them. So yeah, he's a bit of a worry still, um, but, yeah, like you said, not one for the faint heart. Mm. Uh, but let's move on to uh, to Cam McKenzie, that exciting youngster. And he's priced at 180.3K, selectable as a midfielder. And he scored 99. Just super impressive. Uh, looked really good, really composed. I know some people have tried to compare him with Josh Ward, who killed it in the preseason last year and sort of gave a bit of a, a, bit of a fool's gold um, 
uh, a bit of output as well because he didn't carry that across into the season proper. But however, I think comparing the two, from what I saw, just the composure of McKenzie it looked like he'd been playing at, at you know senior level against these senior mm-hmm. bodies for a long while. I was I was super impressed, super impressed, almost as much as seeing Ashcroft Ashcroft for the first yes. time, um, who just oozed class like Dacos, like Walsh, similar class to what I saw with McKenzie, just similar attributes, but. Overall, looked really good. Uh, second highest CBAs for the Hawks with 61% and shows that he's already being trusted in the engine room. Um, however, I guess, yes, you are paying a premium for him in terms of that price point. But even though I've just said about Ward, keep that in mind is that, yeah, if he doesn't come on and isn't able to carry that across into the season proper, maybe be prepared to downgrade to another rookie. But the yeah. upside there is the fact that he is higher price point. So it's going to be easier to swap him to someone exactly. if need be. But I think from what I've seen so far, even though it's, it's a one game uh, sample size uh, speaks for itself, but it, I was super impressed. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think good pick to, to start the season with. He as I guess as well, I think across the across the board, rookies are going to be slightly higher priced, but we're not going to have, we're not seeing those really low price rookies that we we normally like. I think we're going to have to pay a bit of a premium, um, unfortunately, for the points. Um, based off that, though, I do think um, he's worth. He's definitely worth picking. But this stands for all rookies that we're going to talk about today. Make sure you, it's it's going to be dependent on them being named in round one. So just obviously watch out for their names. Don't just don't just assume. Don't just assume. Um, but likewise, I think Mitchell has sort of said that um, they've got some depth across um, the midfield at Hawthorne. So there's sort of no sure picks, I guess, for the for the midfield role. So just, yeah, just, just be mindful of that, I guess. Um, but yeah, I, I quite like him. He's in my side. Uh, moving on to James Sicily, 624.7K defender. Goes without saying. Primo, scored 96. Um, shows what, what you're going to get. Pretty, pretty base. Base score, I'd say for for Sicily took six uh, sorry thirty one percent of Hawthorne's kickouts on the weekend and took six intercept possessions. That's where his scoring is coming from. Thirty one percent of kick ins. That's that's good bread and butter for him. Um, obviously, I think it's probably not one that a lot of people are picking as a primo, as alongside the likes of sort of lower priced Tom Stewart or Doherty or Dawson who come in a little bit cheaper. Um, but Sis, I think he's. He's, he's going to do well. Um, we saw what he could do last year. I don't think it's going to change. I mean, there's always the concern with him that he could get thrown forward, but uh, I doubt it. I doubt it, let's be honest. Yeah. Yeah, he is in, uh, compared to, say, Doherty and Stewart at the moment, Stewart's in 34%, Doherty 30%, uh, and Sicily all the way down at 21%. So he's probably yeah. uh, considered a bit of a pod in comparison, um, just above Jordan Dawson with 17% of Ooh, team. Really? So... Yeah, if, if you're kind of after someone just as a point of difference, yeah. um, you could potentially go for Sicily off the back of that. But um, yeah, I think either way, as we've spoken about across the preseason so far, uh, it's kind of, uh, yeah, yeah, you're kind of picking from a good bunch either way. Yeah. Um, it's going to be ebbs and flows. They're all going to score around about the same mark. So I think for me, Sicily, if you do like him, is a lock and load. And from what we've seen so far, pretty promising. Yeah, I agree. The only thing is he's 20K more than the likes of Tom Stewart. So that's where I think people might be also trying to save a little bit of cash. Yep. No, oh, that's a very good point. Very, very good point. Uh, let's move on to the next player. And it is Jai Newcomb. He's priced at 478.2K as a midfielder. And he scored 92 on the Ooh. weekend and led the way in CBAs for the Hawks with 77% 
And at his price, you're probably, you know, picking him as a keeper, you'd think, because just mm-hmm. to give a bit of perspective, if he makes 150K, he gets up to 628.2, which is sort of in the realm of around about, you know, a Bont or a McRae uh, thereabouts anyway. So um, if he's scoring that well, you might as well just keep him uh, instead of wasting a trade to trade him to another genuine primo. Um, so he does sit at an extremely awkward price inside the, um, you know, in terms of those players selectable in the midfield. So um, maybe weigh that up. Um, but yes, mm-hmm. the opportunity does present itself. Uh, he has shown a tendency to score quite well. Loves it, loves a cuddle, loves a tackle. Um, so that kind of gives him a bit of a high floor. He, he scored well enough. And if you want to go for a, for a pod, I think he should be uh, a relative yeah. pod um, in perspective uh, to other players. Yeah, agreed. agreed. I reckon if he was priced closer to Warple's price, mm. then I would feel more comfortable. I think at that 478k mark, it's just a little bit too high because yeah. um, you do kind of have to really keep almost keep him because he is getting to that 628k. It's sort yeah. of just verging on keeper. So yeah, probably a miss for me, but uh, the opportunity might probably again, not for the faint of heart, I guess. Mm. Um, sometimes you got to risk it. Uh, but moving on to his, uh, his teammate, obviously Will Day, 362.1k, true mid-pricer, uh, defensive eligible, 89 score on the weekend. And uh, the former defender has finally transitioned into that midfield position with uh, 52% of CBAs, as I said, a true mid-pricer in the defensive line. Uh, you'd probably expect he's competing against the likes of Yo. Um, maybe oh, Bowers is a bit cheaper than that, but yeah, definitely Yo for that mm. same spot in in most sides. So it's probably a bit of a risk to take both, and you'd be eating into cash that you'd be using somewhere else. Um, yeah, I don't know how you'd do it, uh, but I guess the upside is definitely there for him. And as I said, could present as a bit of a pod compared to the more popular pick in Yo. So again, I mean that comes with its risks as well. Um, when you're looking at a mid pricer, as a pod could hurt you. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. He's, I did have a a, a brief fleeting look at him, but uh, yeah, for me, he's probably we're probably a season or two ahead of schedule. Yeah. I reckon, even though he's he's shown an ability to score well on the weekend, yeah. he just looks just in terms of physicality, he's very slight in size still, mm. um, and I can see him being being pushed around and uh, copying a few hits here and there. Um, but yeah, for me, it's a pass at this stage, but one to watch for seasons to come potentially. Uh, let's move on to uh, another player, a more mature age player in Fergus Green. He's priced at 123.8K, selectable as a forward, and he did impress. He scored 88 on the weekend and looked lively in uh, mm. not only this game, but in both preseason games yes. and managed a decent score of the 88 and uh, kicked three uh, goals, two behind. So actually, he probably missed a bit of a gimme there, should have at least kicked four. Uh, but looked really good uh, when he, even when he didn't have the ball in his hands. I think he gave up, gave off another goal as well, or yes. there was a goal assist there, um, and good pressure acts as well mm. for a forward of his size. So, as a mature ager, there's you know no doubt about it. He, he could be super coach gold, but be mindful of his medium sized forward status because uh, he will be relying upon goals and maintaining those forward pressure acts as well yeah. in order to build a score outside of kicking goals. So. I mean, the one thing for him is that his job security does look sound with the uh, the Hawks' lack of forward options. It's probably him and Kajitski who are the, the main two uh, pronged attack uh, up forward for the Hawks. Yeah. So I think the opportunity will be there for him to play nearly every game. Um, and at that price point of 123.8, 
you can't go wrong. I think uh, everyone should be selecting him at least on their bench. Um, yeah. And yeah, his, his scoring will be volatile from week to week because of his role. But yeah, I think he's going to be a great cash cow. I agree entirely. I I would keep him firmly planted on the bench at this stage, especially for round one, until we get a bit a bit more visibility of his scoring. Um, but moving on to the ruck, got Lloyd Meek here, 431.1K, scored just 66. Once again, though, he shared time with Reeves in the ruck, taking only 51% of ruck contests. So I suppose he did get he did get the majority. Um, something <laughs> something positive out of that. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I guess it really doesn't bode that well for him longer term. Again, I think, uh, I mean, I did consider him fleetingly early in the preseason because I kind of thought coming mm. across probably gets more opportunity. Um, it could be a player that, you know, you, you can get relatively cheaper, but I think early indications aren't that great and probably isn't worth the gamble at this stage unless you can take that outright ruck mantle. So it is a pass for me. Yep. Yeah. Same for me as well. I did look at him uh, just in terms of trying to be frugal, save a bit yeah. of coin, but yeah, from what we've seen so far, um, he's just one of those ruckmen who is stuck in a timeshare. So unfortunately uh, for him and he could be stuck in another timeshare as well, a holiday home, but um, yeah, he, uh, for me is one to pass up. Let's yes. look at the uh, opposition side of things with uh, the top scorer and a bit of a pod mention here uh, for those pod hunters out there. And it is Jordan Degoe. He's priced at 468.7K, selectable as a mid only uh, this season. And he top scored with 120 for the Pies and showed what he can produce as a pure midfielder after being given equal most CBAs with 65%. He's flashed a, a, you know, a relatively high ceiling in the past when played predominantly as a midfielder. And could be potentially stepping into a role we were hoping Nick Dacos would be stepping into. Mm. Maybe. Who knows? But uh, Lipinski played. Uh, he's probably one guy who whose role he's kind of taken in the midfield. He did play a bit more time in the forward pocket. Uh, and now with Lipinski out with a shoulder yeah. injury, there's a bit more confusion as to whether or not, you know, Dugowie will go back into the forward mid-timeshare role uh, going forward. Or alternatively, is this one of the biggest under-the-radar players because uh, I haven't really heard him being spoken about no. anywhere. Um, and I was kind of surprised to see, you know, he actually played really well, but surprised to see him score as high as he did because uh, I wasn't wasn't bargaining on that at all. So is this potentially a breakout season for the biggest sleeper of 2023? Oh. It's, it's a big call, but yeah. It's a big call. It's a big, it's a big call. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not I'm not sold on him. I think, nah. again, awkward, awkward, awkward price. Not not yeah. as awkward, but I think potentially more volatile in scoring. We just don't know with Lipinski going down, does he spend a bit more time forward? What does that do to his scoring? Probably decreases it. Um, I'm probably not looking for someone in that price point personally. Um, but again, if you're really looking for, I don't, I don't know what his selections are. He's uh, at probably, 5%. Yeah, pod status. So... Probably a miss for me, but uh, yeah, I guess if if you really like pods or you really like Jordan <laughs> Dugowie, uh get him in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you're uh, if you like to live dangerously, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, don't know if I'd recommend it though. No, no, I was just, I was just throwing the bait out there to you, Landis. I do like uh, it. I did do. gobble it up, but you didn't. Thankfully, I, that you've passed the test. <laughs> I mean, 120 is not. They played. I mean, they. We also got to be mindful. They played Hawthorne. Like they didn't play yeah. a super solid mid 
uh, a team with a really strong midfield. So we probably do have to be a little bit mindful of that as well when we mm. talk about talk about mid options for Collingwood this in this game. Uh, but yeah. moving on to ex ex Hawthorne player Tom Mitchell, five hundred twenty eight point six k mid eligible, one hundred one obviously new recruit. Did send a bit of a scare through through us last week. Well, not necessarily me. I wasn't an owner, but. Just- <laughs> I was scared for them uh, yep. after he was played forward. Uh, but he did bounce back this week uh, with 19 CBAs against the Hawks. Opportunity should be there for him at the Pies, who were in need of a bit of a centre clearance specialist. But, and this is sort of the thing that I've thought about a little bit as well. And Pendlebury's kind of confirmed it for me. Pendles uh, was quoted recently as saying, it's not going to be the Tom Mitchell who goes out there and has 35 or 40 possessions every week which does suggest that the days of amassing bulk pill are behind him um, and probably lowers his scoring ceiling. And I think, I think I spoke about this in an earlier, I think the way that Collingwood sort of play, I imagine that as a center in the center clearance, he's probably going to be one that just distributes to, to the likes of Jordan Dugowie or to the likes of uh, Jack Crisp, who then, um, you know, stream forward and, and sort of, it, it's more, it's more of, it's more that in and under, but distributing it to to the to the runners, um, mm-hmm. where he's not going to necessarily get that one two handball, where he's um, where, where you know he can amass that 35, 40, 50 possessions that he that he used to love, um, especially against the pies, which is quite interesting. But something yeah. to consider, I guess. Um, but again, at his price point, I think there's the likes of Tom Green, who is mm. pretty similarly priced. Aldu, yep. who we'll we'll touch on in a later app. But um, other other players at that same price point that probably warrant a pick ahead of a Mitchell at this stage. Yeah, totally agree. And I think when it comes down to it, uh, there was that murkiness uh, between going for Tom Mitchell or Tom Green uh, mm. as of you know a few weeks ago. But then as we've seen with Tom Green, absolutely come out and smash it on the weekend and uh, amass the 50 disposal thereabouts uh, in their unofficial uh, intra-club the other week. I think we've seen enough now and heard mm. enough about Tom Green that he is almost the next uh, Tom Mitchell almost mm. or, or Patrick Cripps where – you know, he should be stepping into that role. And I think uh, push comes to shove, you should be paying the extra 6K on top of Tom Mitchell in order to get Tom Green in. Um, Tom Mitchell is, is now in is it 14% uh, ownership uh, and Tom Green is at 31%. So I guess if you're comparing the pair, uh, Tom Mitchell is the pod between the two. So if you want a point of difference, you could potentially do it. But yeah, you'd be uh, going against the grain massively. Uh, mm. from exposed form as well with Tom Green, who looks to be an absolute gun. Uh, for me, yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm passing him up. There's I, I was never really big on Tom Mitchell anyway. Uh, he's I really don't like him in Super Coach again. Much like Warple, I think um, his disposal efficiency isn't as bad as Warple. I think his career average is around about seventy one percent. I checked it earlier, um, and yeah, he's he needs those bulk disposals to really make an impact because they're, they're one, two handballs doesn't really yeah. get much meters gained. Um, and now being in a new lineup at the pies, new game plan. And from what Pendles has said as well, just confirms that he's no longer needed uh, around the ground. It's literally just his center clearance work. And that's that. So as you said, it puts a, a, a limit on his scoring ceiling. And even though he might be consistent around about the 90 to hundred mark, I don't think he will be going above, you know, much more above what he scored on the weekend uh, when he scored that 101. So I am bypassing him. Absolutely. Perfect. I agree entirely. But what about the next guy on the list, Damon? Uh, Darcy Cameron. We were big, 
we had a lot of thoughts about him, I want to say, early on. What are, what are your thoughts now? Yeah, we, uh, we were big advocates of him, I think. Um, drinking the Kool-Aid maybe to an extent because we didn't have him last season and, and saw how well he went. But yes, he's priced 465.9K, a cheaper Ruckman mm. compared to uh, the likes of, uh, you know, uh, Hodor, uh, Darcy or... <laughs> Um, Maxi Gorn, all those sort of players as well. Uh, he's a ruck forward. So that's the one thing that, that really uh, we can hang our cap on, I think, uh, because yeah. he provides a bit of flexibility. He scored the 98 on the weekend, um, which was pleasingly uh, surprising, I guess. So, I mean, having said that, though, it, it is really hard to get a read on how he's going to go heading into 2023 uh, because on the weekend he ended up taking less ruck contests overall than Cox. Uh, with only 44% going to him. Um, but with that being said, he still managed a very respectable score there of 98. So the role as the Ruckman is there, but the question really is how much of the pie he loses because of Cox. But having said that as well, like we are chatting off air and we're just comparing uh, games where he played with Cox and yeah. played in games without Cox. And you did actually point out his first four games that he played uh, were with Grundy. And his last three uh, without Grundy and without Cox, he scored 115, 108, and a 90. And then in terms of averages uh, playing alongside Cox, he, he played 14 games. So a majority of, of time, um, he was actually having that timeshare in the ruck. And he averaged 90.57. So it's still respectable, I think, um, yeah. with that in mind. A lot of people are doomsdaying about this. And they're like, oh, he's not going to score well at all. So that kind of goes against what people are saying there. But the question is, you know, is he going to, I think based based on that average, if he's yeah. able to match that, there's no way he's going to finish as a top two ruckman. So there's really no point in selecting him in your rucks. But my question to you, which uh, you've pulled out some stats on and I'll, I'll throw to you for, my question was, could he potentially be a top eight forward? And yeah. And you read okay. some stats um, for last, last year. I did. And thank you for throwing to me because I have not got them up anymore. Oh, well, uh, as, you, as you get them up, but I guess, yeah, the one benefit of, of Darcy Cameron, apart from the fact that, yes, he's time sharing with Cox, is, is traditionally he is playing as a forward. Uh, his time at Sydney, early days at the Pies as well. Uh, so when he is resting forward, he's actually still capable of making an impact and scoring well enough, which is what we saw last year when he was time sharing in the ruck. Uh, and it's really something you really need to decide upon based upon your team structure. Um, but yeah, overall, I think the jury is out on whether he can become that that R2 that we're hoping that he might be. I think there's a bit of a limitation there on him, uh, you know, going above what he averaged alongside Cox last year with that 90.57. But you did make yeah. a good point. He, he did have a full season virtually um, under his belt where he was playing more time in the ruck. So more experience, maybe that equates to more more high average. Yeah. You've got those stats? Agreed. Yeah, I've got those stats now. So as you said, <laughs> against Cox, sorry, with Cox in the side, 90.57 last season was his average across, I can't remember how many games. Uh, it was a few, was it? That was 14. 14, 14 games. games. Yeah, so sizable sample size there. Um, and I guess looking at the top eight forwards last season who finished as a forward last by the end of the season, because we've got to include Bont in there. Um, the... Lowest, so Moore was the number eight, or F8, essentially, the highest, eighth best forward based off average, and he had a 94.6. So he'd have to increase his average by at least four or five points you'd expect to mm -hmm. actually hit the uh, 
F8 sort of position, best F8, I guess. Um, but even then, I mean, you've got to look at it. Who gets, does, does the likes of Gorn get forward status? That increases, yep. you know, you expect him to average probably high, much higher than that. Grundy, similar. Um, you've already got Taranto, Dunks, uh, Rosie. Hogs, Rosie. I mean, Butters could do well. Yeah. You don't know. Um, pushes him down the yeah, order. Doesn't pushes it? him down the order, especially at that 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 average. So he'd really have to be probably averaging in the in the hundreds um, to to be worth a pick. Really good point. <clears throat> so that's probably the concern that I have there. Very very nice. Liked that discussion point. Um, and you're probably solidified in my mind. Bypass him. <laughs> don't don't yeah. don't put him in. On that though, as well, just in terms of so the rut contests were were the fifty six. 44 split to, to Cox and towards Cox. Um, but it was quite interesting. It was actually the opposite when you look at CBAs. So Cameron took 55% of CBAs while Cox only took 45% in terms of the ruck. So yeah, that's just sort of, I guess that they are still going with Cameron as their sort of ruck option when it's, when it's the center bounce. So interesting to see that. Like but I don't know if that adds, adds much, just, just more an interesting kind of flipping of the, the stats, almost, almost identical the opposite way. Uh, when we look at it, but let's move on to the next guy on the list. And it is Nick Dacos, 502.5 K uh, defensive, a selective, selective, selectable as a defender uh, scored just the 72. And he did cop a, a cop a hard tag from uh, McGuinness throughout the game, but only took the two CBAs, which was a bit surprising. I think considering we have seen that he was training as a mid um, and did take the three kick-ins for Collingwood, which was 20% of Collingwood's kickouts. I will say one thing. If his base is 72 while being tagged, then it probably doesn't need to be panic stations. Like I think, I mean, I've I've moved him on from my side, I'll, I'll admit. Um, but I do think of the fact that, yeah, but I do think in sort of on the flip side of that, uh, we have to be mindful of the fact that teams that look to target him knowing that they can impact his game now, mm-hmm. um, especially off halfback. Now I'm guessing that maybe because of his tag that he started to play a bit more f- uh, in the in defense, um, tried to drag them back, mm. um, as opposed to being played in that midfield. I'm not not entirely sure, just because it seems a bit strange that he sort of had such a backward step there. But I don't know, a bit concerning. He's made his way, as I said, he's made his way out of my side at this stage. I'm not against anyone picking him, um, and we've seen massive swing against him. I guess in terms of ownership, I think mm. he's I think he's been the biggest decrease in ownership since since the since the games on the weekend, but. I'm not against it, but I can see I can see I can see reason for concern. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I've I've switched him out as well. Probably there's a combination of that. That's it's that, but also the guy who I replaced him with, who you've probably done the same thing. Yeah, is, I think is Jordan Ridley. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's uh he's kind of stood out and he's ticked all the boxes that we wanted him to tick. So yeah, it's a combination of both of those things. But yeah, as you said, I'm I'm very much the same thing. If Ridley didn't pop up as much as he did, I probably would have persisted with Dacos. Um, mm. I mean, like you said, he's kind of that class player to score as well as he did. I mean, 72 isn't too bad. I mean, at that price point, you're expecting more, but to yeah. do as well as he has in his second year whilst being tagged, um, exactly. I think it could be worse. Definitely could be worse. Agreed. Agreed entirely. Well, let's move on to the next game and it is Frio v Port Adelaide at uh, Fremantle Oval. Is that a, is that a place? Yeah, it is. Oh, I didn't even know there was an oval named Fremantle Oval. It's just interesting. Uh, was it their local? Is it like the not the? VFL, it must the, be the like waffles. their waffles. Yeah, it must be one of their like yeah, interesting. suburban grounds. 
spoken like a true Victorian VFL. People will be saying, yeah. VFL, you, you're not you're not across the national game. Well, I don't <laughs> live in WA. Anyway, I'm having an argument with myself here. Uh, let's can, move on to... Uh, the <laughs> what if you're from Queensland, you're like, yeah, the VFL. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just saw... Uh, the reason I said that is because someone was... Someone from WI was complaining on Twitter about uh, West Coast not having a documentary on Foxtel uh, or Fox Footy, sorry, in this case, off the back of their uh, their flag. Okay. And Daniel Daniel Garb, who's a WA journo, replied and was like, uh, "No, West Coast had a doco." And this person just like <laughs> oh, reeled okay. back and was like, wow. "Oh yeah, I, I well they've got a doco, but I mean it wasn't as good a quality." And it's like, "Oh my god, you said initially there wasn't." Anyway, just, just that was quite tweet. funny. Delete the yeah, tweet. Just delete the tweet. Exactly. So don't try. Don't try and back yourself into it. Yeah, it's quite funny. Hole. And Daniel Garb is like a West Coast supporter as well, which is even hilarious. So it's yeah. just like, no, 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 he didn't. It's kind of like uh, Billy Madison, <laughs> him and the bus driver. <laughs> him and her got it on. Woo-wee! <laughs> no, they didn't. No, 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 they didn't. But you can imagine what it'd be like if they did, right? Anyway, I'm going off on a tangent here. Uh, Sean Darcy is the first player to speak of because he did top score uh, with that 127. He is priced at yes. 562.2K and did have, pleasingly, the vast majority of ruck time. Probably not surprising uh, mm. with 81% because Jackson did not play. Uh, Tracy took the other uh, 19% of ruck contests. Um, but yes, like I said, we have to probably be mindful of the fact that Jackson missed this game. But however, to counter that, in the match sim last week, the split was 75-25 in Darcy's favour. So potentially this indicates that Jackson, or the Jackson factor, as we should dub this now, isn't as big as what we first thought. Mm. And he presents as a solid option for R1. Have we got one here? Maybe. Uh, the, other, the other tick towards Hodor is his faultless preseason on the injury front most pleasingly, given it was almost a foregone conclusion he'd be carrying some sort of niggle into the year, like he was in 2022. Always. I remember it. We mentioned it the other week. Yeah. That I, I, was, I was walking to the game. Uh, I was walking to the Carlton-Richmond game, and just the alarms were sounded. He's a laid out. He's a laid out. He's not being selected. He's injured. So, yeah, um, I was expecting that. Uh, across this preseason at some stage, knock on wood, it doesn't happen. But yeah, he's uh, he's got everything going for him at the moment. Mm. So he's definitely one to consider, but I'd probably want to have cover for him, you know, at least with the likes of a, a Radagalia uh, up forward or, you know, Darcy Cameron uh, due to his injury history, mm-hmm. having said all that. So it could crop up still, you know, it's the season hasn't started just yet. There's at yeah. least another week, <laughs> a week and a few days to come. So, mm. Yeah, interestingly as well, he's owned by 12.2%. So he's behind the likes of, well, Darcy Cameron is owned by more people, 19.9%. Tim English is 18. uh, 18.4%. Lachlan McAndrew is 16.6%. Jared Witts is 12.9%. And then Darcy's 12.2%. Then after that, it's, yeah, Draper, Brody Grundy, Max Gorn. And then it kind of drops off a bit there. And Luke uh, Jackson, seven percent. And Luke Jackson, yeah, <laughs> interesting, interesting. But I don't mind the Darcy pick. I, yeah. I wish we could have seen Dar- Jackson in the game, yeah. um, just to get a bit more of a sense of is that seventy five twenty five what we what we should expect. But it's hard to tell. But he he scored well. He looked good and like he got yeah as we said in the in the match team last week seventy five twenty five split. Could be, could be a decent pick for R one, which I feel like I just I still haven't bedded down exactly what I want to do. I know who my R two is, which is weird. Normally I feel like it would be the other way around. Um, yeah. But R one, very, 
very much very much still up for grabs and Sean Darcy is very much in the conversation for that spot. Uh, but let's move on to the ex-captain, Nat Fife, 313.6K, mm. mid-forward eligible, scored 90 and I don't know. I'm kind of disappointed that he scored 90 because it's made him pop up back into my calculations, which I feel like he was he was he was out of them and now he's back. back no, don't do it. Don't do it. Come on, I've got a I'm I'm yeah. Oh, I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> He's flushed you a bit of skin. It reminds yeah, exactly. me of uh, you know that scene in The Simpsons where Abraham uh Simpsons is is like fighting in the war in World War Two. It's Abraham Simpson oh, dressed yeah, up as a woman yeah, 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 to be yes, a spy, yes, yes, yes. and he's trying to seduce yeah. Hitler. <laughs> and he's like, "Yoo-hoo!" And his fake boob <laughs> rolls out of his dress. That is not a real zip booby. <laughs> Won't you come home, Franz Browder? Won't you come home? Yoo-hoo! <laughs> <laughs> That's not a booby. <laughs> That's five. Oh. Don't do it to yourself. <laughs> I don't know. Potential. Oh, I'm tempted. But the potential, I think, is there with Nat Five. And the potential upside is big. He'll play, obviously, as we know, as a permanent forward. And we saw that on the weekend. But he still managed three goals, which helped boost mm. his scoring to that 90. Um, he'll only talk myself into this. He'll only need a couple of big games to skyrocket in price and average 87 or thereabouts to make you 150 K. The issue will be fitting everyone in obviously. Cause you know, mm. I need to have all of the mid prices now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I also want to note, he did play against Jonas. So not an incapable defender. Mm. Like it wasn't like he was on like, I don't know, a first year, um, Oh, don't do it. I can don't see I can see you've got Supercoach oh, open on another screen there. Exactly. And you're, I, once he's, I hear a click, I know what's going to happen there. Don't do it there. to yourself. He's in there. Uh, he is one to consider, but I think, again, you're going to have to expect yo-yoing scores if Frio uh, forward supply runs dry on a given week. Unless Longmire pushes him into the, into the mids, I don't think he will. Don't think he will. But also, if I remember correctly, Fremantle will have a uh, decent run to start the season, which don't again, do this to me. I don't want to thank you to me. Give me out St. Kilda, North, West Coast, Adelaide, Gold Coast, Western Bulldogs, Brisbane, Hawthorne until round eight. Okay. And that's, that's pretty much all, all you probably need to make the yeah, 100 exactly. k at that stage. Exactly. Uh, anyway, no. let's move on. Let's move on before I actually. Get him in my side. I've actually clicked. I'm actually on the Supercoach screen now. And he's he's on 40, he's in 41% of teams. Ooh. So that's three. That's the sixth most selected forward in the forward line. Wow. That's huge numbers. That's huge numbers. Mm. So I don't know. No, like don't it's kind it. of that. Yeah. <clears throat> don't do don't it. Do but it. there is merit. There is merit. If, you, if you're is talking merit. about <clears throat> the mitigating risk, there is merit because he's almost Only, in yeah. half the, in, the competition. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I do actually agree. Um, I think oh, he's one of those picks that will either go really well or go really badly. Like I don't yeah. think there's going to be an in-between where where it's like, oh yeah, it was okay to miss him because it was okay to miss him, but it was okay to pick him. I feel like it's either going to be you've you've set your season up because you picked him or, or you've set or you've ruined your season because you picked him. I don't think <laughs> yeah. there's going to be an in-between. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. <clears throat> I think for me, it comes down to him and another guy vying for the same position. 
uh, this other guy who will speak of, uh, I think in another episode is Sam Flanders, who I'm eyeing Ooh. off as someone that's going to take the next step. And that's, that's one motto that I'm taking into this, this year. I think, I, excuse me, it might've, I might've mentioned it in, a, in, a, in another episode that I've changed my tactics now, instead of trying to go for value, yeah. former superstars, go for the next tier, try and try and identify the, uh, the yeah, next tier of, of superstars, yeah. which which is uh, what you've done, just foreshadowing a Ooh. certain player who I won't mention who, um, who you did foreshadow in round twenty three last year. But yeah, we'll just we'll just keep uh, people's wet people's appetite and uh, appetite, and they can tune in for that. Uh, but let's move on before we uh, get tempted to select Nat Five <laughs> to the next player, and it is Andy Brayshaw. He's priced at six fifteen point six k, and he did. Punch out an 84 on the weekend. So he didn't yeah. really set the world on fire, but we all know what he is capable of. So with Freo only really playing four mids through the CBA rotation, we know that at least his role is certain. And I, I think he's probably one. There. Yeah. So his, his security role, tick, tick. Yeah. Um, but that's not really a question. The question is that we could potentially pick him up as a, a cheaper fallen primo because like last year, and I can speak firsthand, being an owner <clears throat> in 2022, he did suffer from the tag at various stages. And this season, he has some early mm. tag concerns because they play St. Kilda in round two and West Coast in round three. So for me, I think I'm going to bypass him. Uh, I haven't really considered him, I must admit, uh, knowing what I got from him last year. He does have that ability to score well enough. Although having said that, he's... Uh, disposal can actually work against him at various stages. Um, and yeah, I think he probably uh, is one of those guys that until he irons the uh, mm. the inability to shake a tag out of his game, um, I don't think I will classify him in the same class as say a Bont and the like. Yeah. So, sorry, I think actually play St. Kilda round one. So cops a tag oh, yes, potentially sorry. round one, but then First up. cops another one in round eight with Magina, uh, sorry, McGuinness. Um, in round eight. So it's not even like he gets a couple of early tags, drops in price, and then you can yep. just bring him in. He mm. cops a tag really early, probably cops one against West Coast because that's what they've tended to do when they play him. Um, and then cops a tag in round eight, which probably, again, drops his score down. And then just to round it out, plays Hawthorne in round 24 and Supercoach Grand Final. So don't yeah. know if you want to risk that one. So yeah, bit of a risk. Um, probably starting him. I'd probably bring him in a bit later. Um, but just see how he goes, um, with those tags. Uh, let's move on to Hayden Young. Uh, five hundred eight point two k defensive eligible. Seventy nine score. Didn't set the world on fire at all. Um, did obviously take four kick ins for the Dockers and played on from three, which which we like to see. But should have been four. Always play on from all your kick ins, please. Um. Must. However, there was actually quite a great spread across the team with six individual kick-in takers, which is a bit of a concern. Mm. We also have to remember that Luke Ryan didn't play this match either. Um, and that's a that's a bit more of a concern um, that he didn't step up, I guess, and he wasn't given that lion's share of the kick-ins. Um, I know he was someone that uh, – I mean, I had him in at one stage because I kind of mm. thought this is his sort of year. Um, yep. I'm now a bit more concerned that he – it's not his year yet or no. he's not ready to take up – that that um just yet. yeah just yet he might he might it might just be you know jumping at shadows a little bit um but i think he hasn't shown enough for me to pick him and warrant the pick at this stage especially as we said same price as sort of that ridley pick who i think um has the has his runs on the board in the past and looks like he's back in that role as well yeah i totally agree um i looked at him fleetingly 
<clears throat> because I, I did want to start him mm. this time last year and was kicking myself because I didn't start him uh, because he was on the verge of a breakout. But yeah, the, the, the one contingent was that he's going to be taking the kick-ins uh, over from Luke Ryan. And that would have been an easy way to elevate his average from 2022 to 2023. So yeah, now that that doesn't look to be happening, I will mm -hmm. certainly pass on Hayden Young. Uh, let's move on to the other side uh, of this game. And it is Port Adelaide and their top scorer, uh, aside from Bergman, who we won't touch on uh, because even though he was a top scorer, it's a one-game sample size and we're not going to read too much into that, even though Bergman did score well. But uh, let's bypass him and maybe keep a watch on him uh, in the early rounds of the season. But uh, Connor Rosie, uh, he is is someone that I've really warmed to. It's, uh, he it's was a, your burn uh, man. Yeah, he, he was, was my burn man. absolute burn man. He was. He was my burn man. But I would love to go back and listen, find a message from you <laughs> saying that you would never pick him again because I'm sure there's multiple. I reckon I've said that uh, more than once. Uh, yeah. You can wager that uh, easily. Uh, but yeah, Rosie... I think now I'm I'm very much I feel like Kane Corns almost now like yeah, I'm almost falling in love with him that much that I'm almost on the verge of saying that he's better than Sam. Well, aha, I won't say that. Won't say that. That's that's a big that's a big gag that one. Um, but Connor <laughs> Rosie, lock him in. Like enough said. Really, he had yeah. 80% CBAs, and we saw last year uh, towards the the back end of the season the difference that he had in scoring when he had over 55%. Uh, of the CBA. So it looks to have that midfield spot sewn up. That was the one sort of question mark, one doubt, even though it wasn't that big. Um, now that we've had that uh, answered, my only statement I'll say is just don't overthink this here. Don't, don't yeah. try and be cute. Um, lock him in. Um, you could potentially, I mean, at that price point, even, uh, I don't, I don't even think you could, you could afford to, to wait really. It's I think risk. he's going to keep going up in, in price. Yeah. If he averages around risk. about that hundred, um, He's going to go up in price. He's not going to drop below that. So I think, yeah, don't don't use him as an upgrade target. I would be selecting him, which I have. Uh, and likewise, you've probably done the same, Liam. Yeah. Select him alongside the likes of Dunk Dunks um, and don't stuff around. Toronto. Yeah. Get him in. Agreed. And I think the point that I that we want to make as well is 55% was sort of what where, where we saw his scoring increase last year, mm. um, CBAs, that is. And he had 80% and scored 111 like I, I don't, I don't know what his time on ground was, so it might have been, might have been lower. But the point I think is that even if he drops down, like he doesn't have to have the eighty percent CBAs. Like we don't have to worry about if you know Butters gets a few more because I think Butters only had twenty four percent. If Butters takes a few of those, um, he's still high enough. He should still be high enough to um, to to maintain that scoring, which is, which is good. Definitely, definitely pick him. Um, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be waiting. I think he'll be more volatile though in his scoring. Yeah, potentially. Yeah, especially if you swung forward at different, yeah. different stages. Like I, don't, I think you'll see big mm. scores and, and probably some, you know, maybe in the 80s. Um, yep. But I think it'll average out to, to quite a good score by season's end anyway. Just uh, just to add there, just in terms of his time on ground that you uh, that you, you touched on, he was the equal most uh, alongside Tom Jonas okay. with 92% time on ground. So there's yep. no question so, over his tank and fitness either yep, based off good. that. So. Yeah, that's, that's, that's very good, good especially in comparison to uh, to Butters, who we're, I don't think we're going to touch on uh, at all, but uh, just just a quick snapshot. Butters, a lot of people have been comparing the pair. Um, Butters had 24% yeah, CBAs uh, and only scored the 67. Uh, and he played 83% time on ground, but spent a majority of his time on the half-forward line with uh, that those sort of, yeah, those sort of 
small snapshots in the, in the, in the middle. So yeah, comparing those two, Rosie, if you were to uh, weigh them up, uh, definitely, definitely uh, yeah, stick with Rosie. Yeah, agree entirely. Uh, moving on to a bit of a mid-priced, I don't know, risk, I guess. And it is Xavier Dersma, the, the, I don't know, what is he, the poison arrow? Is that what we can call him? Uh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Shoot that the, boys. Yeah, the arrow. Yeah, yeah though. The arrow, yeah. Just that the arrow, yeah. 282.3K mid eligible, 86 score. Finished with 24 disposals and eight marks roaming across the wing for Port. He's probably a, quite a bit of a forgotten man considering he was in that same draft as Butters and Rosie. Um, and due to injury, sort of has dropped away, I guess, and been forgotten about a little bit. Um, but he does present as a bit of a... a not a bit, just a huge, huge pod. Um, his injury history does suggest he is a bit of a risk as a starter. But perhaps keep an eye on him for those early rounds and just see if he if he maintains that decent scoring that could yeah, get you get you some early cash. Especially if one of your other if you have a five and he maybe fails, um, you could probably get a Dersmer in if he's looking mm. good. Yep, good point. Uh could be Dersmer, could be Flanders around about that yeah. point. I think Flanders is two fifty odd. Um, so Flanders fails and Dersma looks like he's on an absolute yeah. ball tear, a blinder, whatever you want to call it, then yeah, you could potentially bring him in. Uh, the, the other reason is that uh, the, the good mention there as well, just in terms of him being in the same draft class as Butters and Rosie, both of those guys are now on the verge of breakouts. Um, yeah. is Magic, who uh, some of you listening may be tuning into his content as well. He's always big on guys being of a certain type or um, profile when it comes to, you know, when players take the next step and he's in that, that um, age bracket he's in that um, amount of time in the game in terms mm. of experience to really take the next step. Uh, the one thing with him, obviously, as you mentioned, is his injury history. So that may hold him back or at least stunt his, uh, his development uh, compared to those other two aforementioned players. Um, but let's move on to the next guy, and it is Judas, a.k.a. Jason Horn Francis. He's priced at 348.8K. That's for you North supporters out there uh, for a bit of a chuckle. Uh, he's pri- sorry, he's selectable as a mid-forward, uh, and he had a, a, a high CBA percentage mm. of 64% on the weekend, which was actually the second highest for all midfielders at Port, but his scoring is leaving a little bit to be desired uh, yeah. because he only scored the 70-odd. But the one thing to factor in is that he had six frees against, which would have put a big <laughs> dent in his uh, in his scoring there. Um, and it's something that he actually struggled with at at, uh, at various yeah. stages in 2022. He's a bit of a loose cannon, as we know, uh, a bit unhinged at times uh, for a bloke of his um, uh, time in the game. So hopefully he irons that out. Uh, but yeah, I think it's it's probably obvious. Yeah. Looks to be one to avoid at this stage. Just because of that, that awkward price point. No doubt he's going to become a superstar of the competition at some stage or another. But I think, yeah, probably a season or two too early. Yeah, agree entirely. Uh, moving on, I think just probably his high CBAs is probably why some people have sort of muted uh, or suggested that he's going to have that nice kind of um, potential increase in scoring. But as you said, six frees against that's gonna that's gonna kill you um, as a super coach. If you owned him in Supercoach and you saw him giving away six frees against, you'd just be, I don't know, remote through the TV style. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so not 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 one to pick at this stage, but uh, let's move on yeah. to Francis Evans, rookie. Uh, 136.5K, forward eligible, 52. 
was what he scored. And here's a forward rookie option that seemed to provide a decent enough score. 52 is not too bad. Kick 2-1. Um, so we'd need to hit the scoreboard to ensure decent scoring from what we can see there. Uh, probably one to consider. Mm, not too strongly, I don't think. I think there's probably better options in the forward line. But uh, I don't know. We don't know what's going to happen on on Thursday week where we yep. uh where we get the uh get the team sheets out so uh we've got to be mindful of all the rookies that are up, up our sleeves <laughs> yeah he might be vying for the same spot as this next guy who uh i know you're a big fan of liam i say this I every am. time and i know you, i know you're not but uh <laughs> i've never once expressed any 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 issue with the fantasia <laughs> oh, i just love it i love getting into your skin and it is yes a ratio fantasia <laughs> He's priced at 203.3k. I really set you up there, didn't I? Really I set you up. I think my I think the thing that gets under my skin the most is that I actually I don't care. Like I didn't say that he left him and you were just like, you care so much. I know. It's, oh, it's good. It's just an ongoing gag. Uh, and oh. it, it works out a treat. And Arazio did score 48 on the weekend. So he didn't really set the world on no. fire as, no, as you are. <laughs> as you extinguish the flames of your mm, uh, of your mouth with that drink of drink of water there, um, and he finished the game with one goal, eight disposals, and three tackles. So, I mean, he's returning after missing last year with injury. So, whilst he should have job security, it's his scoring potential that will fluctuate, especially in his role. So, better options at cheaper prices, I think. So, yeah, probably mm. one to avoid, and no guarantee that he actually gets selected, as you say, in on Thursday week's time. No. I think, yeah, it probably has some, I, I think more drop security than the likes of Francis Evans, but it just didn't, yeah, I don't think he showed a great deal on, on the weekend. Um, and just, yeah, 203K, I think there's better options that we can we can look at. Uh, moving on to Scott Lysette, 429.9K, Ruck eligible, score of 36. And uh, not what we wanted from Scott Lysette and forget, as uh, I think he's been dubbed recently. <laughs> I think it's more not just more. Scott Lysette, just forget. Uh, yeah, or it's Scott it, Scott forget because you've forgotten his surname. Yeah, He's just Scott, so... yeah. <laughs> bloody hell. 36. What? He was like the saviour for us all of a sudden. Um, yeah. Anyway, a poor showing considering he did take 59% of ruck contests for Port and had 18 CBAs. Um, was totally outplayed by Hodor. I guess to an extent you could probably consider that he was up against decent opposition there. Um, Tickle, probably his only real competition for a rock spot in the game. Dixon and Marshall played as chop outs really around the ground, but um, I think Dixon may have taken a couple of CBAs, um, but really probably the majority of their ruck time came in the forward line. Um, it was probably an unfavorable game. Could be tempted by the fact that he was managed for minutes and only played 60% time on ground. But again, mm. is that a concern going into the season? Um <sighs> Is he managed in game as well? Yeah. I guess um, once the season starts. But even so, if we extrapolate that out to ninety percent at that scoring weight, he would have finished with a score of fifty-four. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, I think based on this, we can probably probably finally put a line through him. Unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. Yep. It is unfortunate because I was I was keen to get him in at that yeah. price point. Save a little bit of coin on. Uh, Darcy Cameron, but yeah. Uh, yeah, now I'm going to have to bypass almost both of those plays now and spend up. Uh, yeah, that's that's the beauty of Supercoach. Uh, let's move on to the uh, the last game. I think it is, isn't it? Of uh, of the oh, Friday um, set of games, oh, Thursday, sorry, Thursday, Thursday games. Uh, it has been a long episode, so thanks for uh, 
for sticking with us. It's been, I think we just ticked over an hour. Um, oh, wow. But yeah, this is the, uh, this, this is the reason why we've broken up the, uh, the, the games. So uh, make it much easier. So this is a, this is a big chip, as we were saying at the start, a big supersized chip, mm. but uh, let's get into um, this Brisbane V Geelong game at Brighton Homes Arena. And first player I've mentioned is the top scorer and it is Josh Dunkley, 596.4K. He is a mid forward, as we know, and he top scored with 146. So, like Rosie, just get him in. Throw away the key, as uh, as Abs like to, likes to say. Uh, jump in your yacht, sail out to the middle of the ocean, and throw the key uh, into the water. Um, yeah, it's probably it's a lot of effort to go to throw away a key. You really just melt it down or something. I don't know. Just throw it in the bin, maybe. Just um, just 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 chuck it. Just in the bin. <laughs> just, <laughs> just in the bin. Don't worry about buying a yacht and having to go into the ocean. Anyway, I'm going off a tangent. Uh, have you got time to spare? No, we do uh, not. So- sorry. So he's 100% lock despite his high price tag. He led the way with CBAs, had 31 disposals, seven tackles, and kicked a behind. Lock him in. Yeah, I'm not going to add to that because I can't. Just have him in your side. I mean, I'm assuming he's 67.2% of teams. Come on, guys. Should be be 98%. Yeah. 2% of people that just, I don't know, choose their own. Silly their own uh, adventure the team they're barrack for uh, as their whole side. Uh, that's all that should be left. Uh, Lockie Neal. <laughs> Very true. Lockie Neal. Moving on. Lockie Neal, 676.2K, mid-eligible, scored 121. And I think, again, we weren't sure what the Dunkley effect would be um, with Neal coming, for Neal, with him obviously coming into the side. But a 121 and 18 CBAs, which are 78% for the Lions, Shows that uh, probably didn't affect him as much as we thought. Did kick an absolute monster of a goal, uh, mm. which did help his scoring and only laid the one tackle. So I guess, I mean, I'm not sure what his average tackle counts, but uh, you'd expect that there could be a bit more, a few more points coming that way. Um, but concern with Neil will be the fact that he could be tagged throughout the year, though he's unlikely to cop a tag super early in the year. Um, just having a quick look at Brisbane's probably quite a few rounds in before they consider a tag. They don't play Hawthorne until round 13. Don't play St. Kilda until round 15. Um, just depends on whether, you know, there's anyone else that sort of pops up. So probably not too big concern, but one to consider, but probably a bit hard to fit in considering his price tag um, and a lot of people opting free than near uh, Oliver or Led. Um, so probably a little bit awkwardly priced in that sense. Um if he was probably a bit cheaper down, I don't know how much Bont is, but if he was around that price, maybe might be easy to pick him. Yep. Totally agree. Uh, he was one for last year. Not so much this year for me yeah. anyway, uh, just because that higher price point, way too expensive. Uh, always got to look for value for money and value for money is this guy here, even though he is a higher price rookie and it is Will Ashcroft. He's priced at 202.8 K uh, as a midfielder and he scored a 96. Wow. Just just wet the appetite of all of us owners uh, mm. who have him. And it should be the entire competition because like we mentioned earlier, this guy is like a Nick Dacos in his first year. He's going to be like a, a Sammy Walsh, a Clary Oliver, uh, the like. Like he's going to be an absolute superstar already. Just the composure that he shows outside of a, a super coach scoring uh, discussion point. He just looks so, so silky smooth. Time and space, like almost like Pendlebury. Uh, amazing. So he's just another lock at this stage. Had 57% of CBAs for the Lions and scored that 96. Showed exactly what we were hoping to see. So you're really not serious if you don't start him. 
So don't stuff around. Don't worry about the higher price point. Treat him as if he's a 117K player um, because he's worth every single cent uh, because of that output of 96. Output of 96 is, is yeah, something that you're not going to get from another rookie on a consistent basis, which he should be producing. Yep. Agreed. Just get him in. Do not, do not, not pick him. That's all I can say. Simple as that. Uh, moving on to Connor McKenna, 167.5K defense. Uh, eligible 53 not what we wanted to see uh, i think we were whole hoping for a little bit higher score than that did have the 14 touches laid two tackles and a decent enough disposal efficiency of 79 percent does come at that higher price point so it's gonna um gonna take a little bit more higher scores to uh to to you know make make that cash but I don't think it's panic stations just yet. His score was neg- negatively affected by an equal game high five clangers as well as to freeze against. So I don't think it's panic stations yet, but obviously he's one that you probably need to watch to make sure he is named in the side um, on, on in two weeks. Uh, the other guy who is almost uh, just mm. identical in terms of <clears throat> his role um, and what he can provide is a little bit cheaper. It is Darcy Wilmot priced at 123.9K as a defender, uh, scored 52. So almost again, identical. Um <laughs> But yeah, like McKenna, his score was a little bit underwhelming. Only mm. had the nine touches and went at 44% disposal efficiency. So you'd think that, you know, he should be hitting a target a little bit more than that, considering that he did keep his spot in the side across the final series for the Lions yeah. last season. Um, but again, that suggests that the, the the coaching staff do like what they see. He was played uh, more along the wing uh, yeah. over the course of the preseason. So he's not really vying for the same spot per se as uh, Connor McKenna. Um, no. So that's pleasing and, and suggests that you could potentially start with both players. players. So yeah, not, not real panic stations just yet. Just wait to see whether or not they are selected uh, come Thursday week. Agreed. Now moving on to the other side of the field, we're going to kick off with Tanner Brun. Um, Brun, sorry, 311.4K mid forward eligible, 112 score out of nowhere, I feel like. Mm. Uh, top scored for the Cats and he looked to, looks to have sewn up a position in the midfield with 48 CBAs alongside, uh, just behind Atkins, Danger and Guthrie. Uh, the role looks good and scoring potential looks to go with it. Um 112 definitely made his way into my side after he had actually made his way into my side before this. And this kind of cemented him in my side. Uh, but that being said, he's not in my side now because he's moved on for another player that, that seduced me <laughs> to be in my side much, much earlier. Uh, that is yes. Nat Fife. No, no, just kidding. <laughs> of um, course. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> uh, he's an awkward price. And as we said, he's been competing with the likes of obviously Nat Fife at around that same price point. Sam Flanders, as you raised, um, and potentially the higher priced in the sort of that same position, the higher priced Carol Goulden um, for most. So, yeah, I think one that I would like to start, but I just, you can't fit them all. You can't fit them all, unfortunately. Yeah, for me, I think he's, if he was maybe even 60K cheaper, if he was around about Sam Flanders' price, mm. I would be willing to take the the punt. But yeah, even so, um, I still think there's other guys that will be playing ahead of him. Um, so yeah, f- for me, I'm going to bypass uh, straight up. But I can, I can see the appeal for sure. Yeah. 
Um, moving on to this other primo, and there's probably not really much that needs to be said about him, but there are a couple of points here that we have made, and it is Tom Stewart. He's priced at 604K on the dot, and he scored that, um, that 91 on the weekend, which may concern some people, especially when you're forking out over 600K for a defender, but we should note that he played only 75% time on ground so he took the lion's share of the kick-ins for the cats with five and he played on from all which is pleasing to see great stuff tommy uh, <laughs> and took eight intercept possessions and 19 disposals so uh i think he's, he's still a good pick uh but we need to run through few through a few things that we need to think about when we speak of him so he does face early tag risks with a game in round four against the hawks and a potential mcginnis tag doesn't play at GMHBA until round six, but three of his first five are at the G where he historically averages quite well. Not as well as GMHBA, but uh, no. still well enough. Still very well, yeah. Yeah, so you could probably make an argument for and against him, but uh, yeah, we, we leave him out at uh, our, our own risk. I think for me, it comes down to between, and you're probably in the same dilemma, between Sam Doherty and Tom mm. Stewart, very similar price points, um, differing roles, um, and yeah, it probably comes down to who you think is going to score better in the early stages. I think yeah. for me, Doherty, just what I'm thinking about in terms of my head-to-head matchups as well. Like I think over the course of the year, they should both score yeah. relatively similar or average similar. Um, so you're not really saving any money going for one or the other. But yeah, it's it's really tough, really tough. I had Tom Stewart in my side, I will admit, all preseason and I've yeah, swapped him likewise. out the last second for Doherty, just because mm-hmm. I like Doherty's potential still to play through the middle and elevate his scoring ceiling. Whereas Tom Stewart, it is, we know what we get type thing. Um, so I'm looking for any, any little edge I can get. Agreed. Edge. Agreed. I've done the same. Stewart was in my side the whole preseason until just recently where he's moved on to Doherty. I still think it's probably a bit of a queen flip between the two of them. Yep. Um, I think Stewart has more volatility. I want to say in his scoring, not yeah. terrible, but just can have those really high scores, but it can also have a bit lower. Whereas Doherty's probably a bit more consistent, which probably is good for the first few rounds, especially when you're considering that um yeah, McGuinness in round four could be could be an issue for Tom Stewart. Um we did see him have that issue last year when he was tagged. Um I can't remember who it was, what game, but he had that low score um as a result. Yeah. Uh but let's move on to a ruck forward option. 49 it was their score. It is Asava Radagalia, 174K. Um, and again, not one that I think didn't really show what we wanted, but mm. also equally didn't show, I don't know what I expected when I think about it. Mm. Um, probably about what you should have expected. Um, but he should be some pretty handy bench cover as an option, especially with his ruck status. Um, definitely not R2 Galea, as I've, I've heard some people <laughs> saying. Uh, oh, very good. No, please don't do it. No way, don't do um, that. I think it's way too big a risk. Uh, yeah. Had 10 disposals and 80% possession, uh, possessions. Obviously, three clangers worked against him. And with the injury to Jack Henry, I think he should have some early job security in the season. I mean, Jack Henry was sort of trialed forward um, and uh, radically has now been played back. So uh, it's all a bit topsy-turvy, I guess. Uh, but I think he should hold his spot early in the season. So he's in my side, but he's not a sure thing in my side either. Yep. He's uh, for me, he's at, uh, for me, he's at a virtually an identical price point to 
Toby McLean. And I think yeah. McLean, even though he didn't perform to expectations, which we'll get into when we talk about the dogs game, but um, for me, McLean has a bigger ceiling. Uh, and it's just, for me, there's too many, again, for me, there's, there's too many unknowns when it comes to Rodiglia. Yeah. Uh, he's playing in a position that we haven't seen him, seen him play at, at senior level. Uh, yeah, reports have been that he's been going well in VFL, but can he replicate that alongside the intercept king in Tom Stewart? Mm. So he's kind of vying for the same role almost there. So mm. I, I don't see Radiglia having a consistently high scoring base when you compare it to someone else who popped up again. We'll talk about him when we talk about their game, but uh, Liam Jones, intercept king again, another player. So I think kind of lacks a bit of that base. It's something that I was looking for when it came to Radigli in defense. Yeah. Being that, that I mean, he's a good marker, but uh, yeah, I, th I think, I think there is there, there's potential there for him to be better than what he is, even though, yeah, he did have the eight intercept possessions, probably mark him down a little bit too hard, but uh, I don't know at that price point, I'd prefer to, when I'm thinking of him as just a pure cash cow, I prefer to save 60K and go for a, for a Davy Jr. Um, or another yeah. rookie. Because I, I don't think I'd be playing him on field. It'd literally just be selecting him as cover for the rucks, which at this stage, I don't even know if I need. And I'm happy enough, even in the early stages, to even spare a trade on, on a ruckman if need be. It's early enough, I guess. Me. You're right. You are right. That's fair. That's a fair point. Because I was going to ask you that, but... You've answered it. You've answered it without me having to ask it. Oh, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. That's that's literally the only thing I'd be selecting mm. him for is just the cover. I have doubts over him being able to score high enough to be on field. So to spend someone of that price point, to have them on your bench purely as cover, um, as potential slow burn as a cash cow, I'd prefer to go for someone cheaper uh, that could make bulk cash quicker or make as much money as, yeah. as him in a, in, in a quicker... Uh, quicker way so yeah, yeah just upgrade upgrade my team quicker but yeah i don't know where, where do you stand on that i have him but again not sold on him in my position i think i like him i think i've kept him because of the rock cover but now hearing you say why like you can just kind of trade your rock out anyway i'm kind of like oh yeah forgot about that i forgot that we have trades and that uh this is not the team that we have to carry the whole year um <laughs> so yeah i'm kind of it's a lot of cash to have on your bench 174k is it feels wrong to have that much on your bench um, as a player that's, yeah, I don't know how well they're going to go. Um, as you said, doesn't quite equate. And obviously he's competing with Tom Stewart for the, for the intercepts, but yeah, um, each to their own, I guess. Yeah. The only reason I mentioned that in terms of being willing to trade out a ruck, <clears throat> I mean, he does help obviously if one of your main two ruckmen go down for a week or there or a couple of yeah. weeks like Tim English had, during the year. So there's probably, as we've been saying, there's, it does warrant the selection. If you've got the likes of a, a, a Darcy English, or, a, yeah. or a Tim English or yeah, so many players or Darcy Cameron or whoever that could go down. But um, I think because there's no clear top two ruck at this stage, I'm willing to burn a trade if need be because yeah, you, I don't know, I'm can... not confident in the players in exactly. the that I've got being yeah. the top two. Um so I don't know. It's kind of a, it's, it's a weird way to look at it, but yeah, that's something to factor in. No, I agree with that. That's a good point. Like we don't know who the top rucks are, so it's, it's easy to better trade. Yeah. But anyway, uh, we could talk about that 
for hours and for hours. a long but, time. Uh, we yeah. might we might revisit it uh, potentially. Uh, well, I think we will in the early uh, early rounds of the year anyway, and uh, revisit yeah. it and see whether or not you, you you know if you didn't start with him, if it's worth bringing him in, or if you've started him. Like at that higher price point, I think as well that if he does start pretty crappy, you can afford to burn a trade to downgrade him to a genuine rookie like a David Jr. or someone else and save you a bit of cash. Yeah. Um, so that's that's one way of looking at it. But anyway, that brings us to the end of this mammoth first mini episode. But it's not so mini; it's it's a big plump. It's a big plump mini episode. Uh, it's like a little mini mini sumo wrestler. Um, it's just a sumo wrestler of a small stature. So it's, it's uh, small in stature, but large in size. So that is the end of this episode covering the first day of practice matches last weekend. Yes. And as always, you can keep up to date on the news that as it comes to hand on our socials. And of course, if you're keen to keep joining the discussion, we encourage you to do so by commenting below this video. If you're watching on us on YouTube and don't forget to like and subscribe. Um, and you can catch us on our other socials, but first off, before I get to those, don't forget to answer the question. Mm. Um, about Wapple, Tra- uh, what was it, gem or, no, treasure. Trap or, trap or treasure. Yeah, trap or treasure. Um, and, yeah, you go in the running to win to win the win the 500 sub comp. Uh, but you can catch us on our other socials, on Twitter at supercoach, under, sorry, at supercoach underscore edge, Damon at, Dam- at DamoJ88, myself at Liam Evans underscore 95, on Facebook, Insta, and TikTok, search supercoach edge, and uh, you'll find us there. Well, that's right. We'll we'll catch you back here, same time, same place, with the next mini episode being released tomorrow. So look out for that after you've uh, just gorged yourself on this mini episode that isn't so mini. Uh, we will be covering the Friday night games between the Dons and Saints, the Blues and Swans, and the Eagles and the Crows. So we'll catch you next time for even more player analysis. See you guys. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 